Welcome to Straight from the CPA's Mouth. I'm Renee Zhang with CPA Alberta, and I'm your host for today. With us today is Amy Rondo, and we're going to be discussing dealing with weaknesses and Amy's venture into entrepreneurship. 150,000 new businesses are created in Canada each year, but only Emotional intelligence is a critical skill for leaders. How do I develop artificial intelligence will take over analytics, big data, trend analysis. that Alberta needs to diversify its economy, but how do we do that? Create new opportunities for young innovators. This account for 77% of all private jobs Filter out the noise. Hear it straight from the CPA's mouth. So um, we're really excited to have Amy on the show today. Amy, do you want to just talk a little bit about yourself? Give a brief intro for us. Sure, yeah. Um, my legacy designation is a chartered accountant. I got my CA in 2006. And since then, I've done a lot of weird things <laughs> with my career. I, d- I definitely don't have a typical accountant career path. Um, after I got my designation, I moved to Australia, so I worked yeah. for KPMG overseas for two years, and then when I came back, I totally did a 180 with my career, and I went yeah. into recruitment for six years. Oh, interesting, yeah. Um, so I was recruiting um, accounting and finance professionals into contract yeah. and project roles and doing business development. Um, and then when I left that industry, I've since gone into internal controls work, and most recently, supply chain. Oh, very, very different. Totally supply different. chain versus internal <laughs> control. Yeah, yeah, it's all. It's my role in supply chain is is related to processes, and I yeah. have you know someone on my team that does spend analysis. So it's still tied in to my background, but yeah, yeah I'm learning a lot about how a supply chain works, and yeah, yeah, it's, <laughs> yeah very fascinating to me. Yeah. Awesome. Um, So from our last podcast, Steve Allen was our guest, and he posed the following question for us to discuss today. And the question is, how do you deal with your weaknesses? So I guess before we can tackle how, we should tackle what. So what do you feel like are your weaknesses, and how do you tackle them? It's kind of a deep question, I know, and requires, I think, quite a bit of self-reflection. Yeah. Um, a weakness for myself, well, at least one that I'm aware is a weakness, yeah. is I can be very quick to make decisions. Um, so when I decide, like, this is the path forward, this is what yeah. I'm doing, I just go full steam ahead to that goal. And I don't let a lot of things stand in my way, <laughs> which <laughs> is not necessarily a bad thing. But yeah. then I sometimes forget that there are other people that I need to bring on side and, you know, if I'm working in a group setting or, you know, with a volunteer team or something like that, that, you know, asking them for help, that's definitely something that's a weakness for me is is asking people for help. Yeah. Um, And then, yeah, making sure the people around me are comfortable and that they're on the bus (laughs) with me, that I'm not just like driving away (laughs) with an empty bus. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I, I mean, in terms of like, addressing your weaknesses. Yeah, I think the first thing is being self-aware and yeah, at least having that awareness that this is something I need to improve on and also being open enough to ask for feedback and also receive the feedback without, you know, earlier on in my career, my yeah. my first instinct was to be defensive. 
Yeah. But then, it, you, you know, as you kind of relax a little bit yeah. and, like, <laughs> the walls come down, it's like, well, okay, this person is, is giving and sharing feedback with me. You know, maybe the way I've been conducting myself, like, is this working for me? Or not, and yeah, being open enough to say, okay, this isn't this isn't working for me. Like, what can I do to improve? Asking people for feedback, and then being open enough to receive it and act on it, too. So, w- at what point in your career do you feel like you kind of started um, that feedback process? Is this something you actively tried to do, or was it something like, hey, I received this, you know, unasked for feedback, mm-hmm. and I was surprised, or like, how did that process all go when, for you to figure out that weakness? Yeah, I remember back to my um, my entrance into public practice wasn't a typical, you know, most people start in September. There's a big group of people that all start yeah. together. I had a year of work experience through work terms when I joined KPMG. Um, and because of doing cooperative education, I didn't have a, like a normal spring um, yeah. graduation yeah. date. Um, so I ended up starting with KPMG in January. Yeah. So you're like right, like head on into busy season. I had four months of busy season and then I went to MPAC in Saskatoon. So kind of missed that opportunity for that like bonding time in September. Um, You're in busy season. So everyone's like head down, bum up. You're just working, working, working. Yeah. So then again, another kind of missed opportunity to like build those relationships. And then I was gone for four months. Yeah. So then coming back in September, it's like, well, I have to almost start all over again of relationship building and, um, you know, the people getting to know me in the firm, being comfortable, like sending me out on client engagements and things like that. So we were always working for different um, managers and on different engagements, but then we also had kind of like a mentor um, that was our, I think they were called our performance manager. Um, So yeah, going to her saying like, hey, you know, this is kind of my situation. I, I don't feel like I'm really, you know, building those bonds and things like that because of this. Yeah. kind of unusual <laughs> entrance into yeah. the firm. Um, what can I do to improve on this? What can I do to like kind of build my profile and, you know, build that comfort level with other people in the team? So, you know, because I'm going to be going to MPAC again in, in May and then on study leave to rate, well, what was the the UFI? So it's yeah. like I've got eight months. Like what can I do in the next eight months? And then always like building on that. So, um that's when I really started to do more volunteer work of, you know, getting more involved in the firm and planning social events and things like that just to get to know people in more of like a social setting rather than just focused on my work (laughs) all the time. Yeah. Okay. So then I guess the question is, what advice do you have for other people in terms of how how did they go about identifying their weaknesses? Like you talked a little bit about openly soliciting that feedback from others, but I think sometimes it can be like an awkward experience, mm-hmm. especially I know there's somebody recently in my work that that I didn't know that well that asked me for feedback, right, in terms of like how I see him. And I was very hesitant because I, I didn't feel like I had that trust relationship yeah. with that individual yet to be able to openly, you know, mm-hmm. give that. So do you have any advice for people, like young professionals that are kind of seeking to see how others see them? Yeah. I mean, if you work in an environment where that, that there is that kind of 360 
even if it's just it's one direction yeah. of, <laughs> of feedback. I mean, that's yeah. certainly, that was the model at KPMG, so it definitely helped facilitate that. But not every organization it does share feedback that openly. You know, if you are building those relationships with trusted advisors, yeah. then, you know, those other mentors and things like that, then, yeah, you know, as your comfort level builds, I would I would definitely recommend being proactive and and asking them for feedback. But yeah, for people that are, you know, they're earlier on in their career, they're new to the, to Calgary or to Canada, things like that. Through CPA, we've got the mentorship program. That's a great way to kind of like build up that network of yeah. people that you can lean on. Yeah. Um, self-assessments as well, too, like of looking at where do I think that, you know, yeah. <laughs> I can improve or where did this maybe not go so well? things like that, that, you know, you can look for areas of feedback if you are getting, you yeah. know, semi-annual or annual reviews of like, like what feedback is coming back yeah. <laughs> to you through that. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, like people, like people aren't great at giving <laughs> feedback generally. Like, yeah, it's the kind of the most awkward part of the work yes, experience almost. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. So as much as people are nervous, to ask for it, most people are are pretty nervous yeah. to give it. Um, they don't, I think a lot. Of, they don't want to be, you know, coming across as being like aggressive or hurtful yeah, or you exactly. know things like that. Where yeah, yeah I think I, I think it all depends on how you approach it. Sometimes you do have to politely nudge a little bit of you know this would really help me in my career yeah. and this would really help me and I value your opinion. And I guess how do you feel about like. Yes, like, it's good to have feedback and know your weaknesses. But at the same time, like, we're all a certain type of person, right, at Mm -hmm. a certain point in time. And in some ways, you have to stay true to who you are and what you're like because that's the essence of you and not to lose that. So I guess, do you have any thoughts on kind of maintaining that line of not being, like, unauthentic at work and trying to be somebody you're not while still trying to kind of know your weaknesses and work on them? Like, do you have any thoughts on that? Yeah. I've read a lot of... Susan Cain's work okay. and her post. I yeah. am an introvert through and through. And so sometimes you I feel like people that are more introverted get stigmatized as being like socially awkward and, yeah. and things like that. Yeah. When it's like you're you're not necessarily socially awkward. You just don't generate energy from being at a party <laughs> or things. Yeah. It's not that you don't ever yeah. want to go. You just yeah. probably need a two-day nap yeah. after the yeah. party. Yeah. So reading a lot of kind of like, okay, I, I know this about myself. I know who I am. Yeah. It's not going to change. I'm, yeah. I'm not magically going to wake up tomorrow and be an extrovert. But how can I use that to my strength? So what are some things that I can do where I still feel comfortable but I can – push my boundaries a little bit Mm -hmm. too. So that's where I've kind of, I've tried to look for opportunities that play to my strengths and, but still allow me to like grow as a professional. Your natural inclination is to be introverted, right? And then sometimes putting yourself out into those big social settings and it's uncomfortable. So do you have any Mm -hmm. advice for maintaining being positive, not dreading such experiences how to, like, I guess, hmm. feel good about putting yourself in those awkward situations? I mean, it, de- it definitely helps when you, I think you just gain more experience and you build your network. So when I am going to 
events, like I, for me, if, you know, if you know other people that are there, like that kind of at least helps like break the ice. Yeah. Um, sometimes for me having like an exit strategy <laughs> of, um, that it's not for an extended period of time to, to know like this is going to end at a certain point. And, yeah. 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 You know, like going to an event after work for a few hours is that's kind of in yeah. my comfort zone going on like a week long retreat is <laughs> yeah like hell on Too earth much? yeah <laughs> yeah when you're kind of, you're for, like when you're forced into those social situations yeah. all the time like on a like every day yeah. every meal yeah like that's kind of pu- that's pushing me a bit too far <laughs> yeah so know your own boundaries before yeah. embarking on on things that might be addressing your weaknesses. like there's definitely yeah. going to be times where it's you know it's a training course or you're doing something for as you know with your team at work or things like that and and it's part of the job so I mean I guess yeah knowing there's an end in sight yeah <laughs> is, um that I'm kind of like okay or if I can carve out like okay Maybe I'll skip out. I'll go for dinner, but then I'll excuse myself yeah. and go do something on my own. I'm an only child, so oh, okay. I know what you're thinking. Like by the by, eight o'clock, I'm just like I need alone time. I've been totally. with like a group of twelve people all day, and yes. I feel like stressed as a result. So yeah, and it, like so many offices now, there's so many benefits to it. Yeah, but so many offices are going to more like open plan settings and things yep, like that. Definitely. And definitely, you you really have no way to like close the door to say like, okay, I need some quiet time to focus or whatever. Yeah. And it, it is more challenging to put up those signals Yeah, that like, this is, I'm in do not disturb mode. Um, so yeah, a lot of the times then, yeah, when I come home, it's okay. I, I am, I truly am ready for quiet time because I've yeah. been around so many people all day. So, so we've talked a lot about weaknesses so far, but let's go to a happier topic and talk sure. about your strengths. <laughs> so um, you started an online uh, women's clothing store. It's called The Curvy Shop. So if you could tell all our listeners um, some more information about it. For sure. Yeah, it's a project I've been working on for about a year. And I first got the idea, well, it was about this time last year um, in the summer when, you know, just really out of frustration trying to find clothing to suit my personal style and, and my needs as a professional. Um, you know, even as a plus size woman, I, I still want to look cute. And um, <laughs> I didn't really want to go to work wearing like material that looked like it came off my grandmother's couch. There, I know lots of women that are in the same boat as me. And, you know, you think about a mall like Chinook Center, there's one store in the entire mall that caters to plus size women. Um, and there's like this very sad, dusty corner of, of the bay with, <laughs> with some very depressing clothing. Uh, sorry if anyone, well, if anyone from the bay is listening, yeah. like, step up your game. That's <laughs> so, right. HBC, step it up. Yes. Um, but yeah, so this opportunity came up with ATB Financial to enter the Build Her Business competition. And um, through their booster platform, that's their, their crowdfunding platform, Anyone can go online onto that platform any day and, and launch a crowdfunding campaign. But they offered this um, competition for the month of February. And I was one of about 20 female entrepreneurs that went into the competition. Um, so you set how the booster program works is you set a goal. And if you 
meet the goal or exceed it, you keep whatever is raised. But if you don't hit the goal, like even if you missed it by like $5, yeah. you get nothing. Really? Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, and I went into this with an idea in my head. Like I had not sold a product. I didn't have a website. I didn't have yeah. social media set up, like nothing. I was, okay, this is a great way to test the market. That's fairly low risk before I jump in and spend the money, you know, doing all of this stuff. Yeah. So I set a goal of $5,000. No idea what I was doing. I just had this idea <laughs> yeah. in my mind. You saw really. this need. Yeah. yeah. And it just like, it took off like wildfire. Like yeah. people jumped on board and helped spread the word and just through connecting with other like groups focused on like body positivity and the and the plus size community, like so many people just like jumped on board, backed it, helped, you know, spread the the news around. Yeah. And yeah, I ended up um how the competition worked was the top five, like so based on your percentage of crowdfunding goal, um, they made it into a final round of judging. Um, and then they announced two wild card spots, which is basic, basically like um, who was the MVP? Like everyone got to vote on like their favorite campaign. Okay, yeah. And then the other wild card spot was based on number of unique boosters, is what they call the people who um, support the crowdfunding campaigns. Yeah. Um, and number of like unique views to your crowdfunding page. I got this wild card spot, and I ended up. Winning, winning the competition. The yeah. yeah. So they had a panel of judges that assessed yeah. my business plan. And so that's where my like CA brain yeah. <laughs> really like came yeah. into play. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so I, I ended up getting some additional funding towards my startup costs and, and yeah, some additional coaching as well. So I invested some of the proceeds into um, going into an incubator program to kind of refine my okay. business yeah. plan. Um, we've had some television appearances. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, on breakfast television. Nice. And yeah, it's just kind of like, it's growing like crazy. <laughs> so what's your uh, favorite part of this so far, would you say? Oh, well, I get to play with clothes. Yeah. And that's, I've always loved to play with clothes yeah. since I was like a little, little girl. Yeah. Um, and I think just like connecting with other like-minded women. Like I... It had all like always been a struggle trying to find clothing. Yeah. Um, and just feeling like, oh, like, you know, I don't fit the body type of these trends, like even as a teenager and things like that. And talking to other women that feel the same way yeah. and them kind of ex you know, telling me about their stories and things yeah. like that. That was that's been really cool to me just to like connect with other people and know that like we're not alone in this. Yeah. We, we all have our yeah. we all have our stuff. <laughs> it's interesting because like um like recently I love online shopping. So mm -hmm. I went to an online website, right? Mm -hmm. And then um they had this style that I liked, and then I yeah. went and clicked it. So they actually had a, like a size that was larger than my normal size mm. to show like the difference. And I was like, oh, I'm kind of frustrated because I don't know what it would look like on me. So yeah. it like kind of really crystallized. I'm like, hey, wait, like if like somebody is not a certain size, they would have no idea if, when they shop online like what that style actually yeah. looks on me. But I have been noticing lately like more and more like online sites are yeah. giving you that like this is what it looks like in a two, in a six, in a ten, and giving yeah. people kind of like that 
perspective. So yeah. obviously, I think finally the rest of the world is kind of catching on about I, yeah. kind of this niche. And I feel yeah. like the fashion industry is cluing in their. The stats are, this is where again my numbers bring comes in, about (laughs) 70% of women wear a size 14 or 16 or higher. Yeah. And I think, so that's not represented in terms of fashion. Like the amount of fashion that is catered to like what is actually a very small proportion of the population. Yeah. But you wouldn't ever think that from what you see on television, movies, magazines, social media. It's... Runways. Yeah. 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 So I think people are starting to clue in that this is a missed opportunity. But then there's there's also the flip side argument. Like you'll see retailers, they won't carry the larger sizes in store, but they'll have them online. Um, That's definitely my goal is to go into brick and mortar. But just given, you know, what's going on with Amazon and the volume of stores that were (laughs) brick and mortar stores that we're seeing shut down, especially in um, Calgary with our lovely property taxes at the moment, it's it's just it's not the right time. Uh, But yeah, a lot of retailers are saying like, well, we're not going to make the space in store for these larger sizes um, because no one buys them. But then the people that would buy them are saying, well, I, I can't go out to a store and actually try the, these clothes on. Yeah. I have to like hide at home and, you know, yeah. <laughs> sit there with my, my laptop and my Netflix yeah. and like shop evenings and weekends and yeah. then wait for the stuff to show up at my house, hope it fits. Yeah. And yeah, it's like I, I want to be able to go run out to the mall and if I need something for an event or yeah. whatever, uh, yeah, I, I can't really do that. I have to plan ahead weeks in advance like okay I know I have this thing coming up I'm going to order whatever hope it fits and if it doesn't well yeah <laughs> figure, we'll figure out another plan I guess <laughs> so I have a actual interesting question about, about how you source the clothes mm-hmm. for um, your business yeah so um, some of the clothing I have sourced directly through wholesale partners okay and then um, kind of doing a mix between wholesale and basically drop shipping. So I'm not carrying, again, this is where the accountant brain comes in. I'm not carrying the risk of having a crap ton of inventory in my basement. Um, Although, yeah, that's how uh, today, Amazon launched today from Jeff Bezos' garage. So I'm like, maybe I can launch this from my garage. There's pictures of it, I believe. Yeah. (laughs) If you really are curious. Yeah. yeah, You can see him like in his garage on his desk and like selling books back in the day. Yeah. So my... Uh, when I in, went into this incubator, it's with a, yeah. a business strategist named Allison Geskin, who I just love her. She was like, do you really want to do that? Like, are, do you yeah. know how much risk you're taking on? Yeah. I'm like, well, no, I just I just love clothes, yeah. <laughs> right? And so, she, like, think about this yeah. <laughs> a little. Um, but, uh, yeah, so it's 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 a mix of things that, you know, basically people would could order through, like, an affiliate or you know, and that comes directly from the other manufacturer to their house without me. I'm kind of the middleman of introducing the client to the manufacturer. Almost like a buyer, like in a, like, like, yeah, like a curator of things that you think work. That that really is what I'm calling the website. It's it's a curated collection of really high quality, great design, like, I believe in investment pieces that, you know, I can carry from year to year, season to season. So it's really, yeah, that curated collection of things that can suit you at any day, any time of year. 
five years from now, mm-hmm. where do you see this business going? <laughs> um, Other my, than becoming on Amazon, like that—that <laughs> that is the goal, goal? is yeah. to be the Amazon of plus size fashion. Mm-hmm. Yep. Awesome. Yeah. And then, um, do you want to give our listeners um, an address where they For can sure. visit the online store? Yeah, you can check us out at shopthecurvy.com and on all social media channels at shopthecurvy. Shop the curvy. Shop the curvy. Sounds good. <laughs> yeah. So um, you're very busy. So in addition to Shop the Curvy, <laughs> you also founded Females in Finance. Um, mm-hmm. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? Yeah. So Females in Finance is a networking group targeted to women either working or studying in any sort of like numbers-related profession. So we have members that are CPAs. CIAs, MBAs, they work in financial advisory, more traditional finance roles, you name it. And um, so we've been hosting about quarterly, um, just really informal networking events where people can come out, have a drink, have a snack after work. Yeah. And what made you want to start that? Um, I had gone to a networking event and it was was really just targeted towards professional women, like not a specific type of position or industry or anything like that. And I enjoyed the event, but then a lot of the people that I was meeting were, there was a lot of like multi-level marketing or, um, you know, people that were entrepreneurs and, and things like that. And I was like, okay, well, you know, I don't want to sell Beachbody and I don't need a massage (laughs) therapist. I've had the same massage therapist the whole time I've lived in Calgary. I'm not switching. So um, I was like, well, I would want to go out to these things, but then, you know, I want to get some, some value out of it as well. And, you know, kind of building up my network of women who like we can support each other in our professional careers. Um, so I was like, um, why don't I just host my Your own, own networking yeah. event and, and target it to women that work in accounting and finance? And the rest is history. You've obviously probably gone to events that are mixed, right? So men and women, you know, like together. Do you notice a difference in the way that people network? Hmm. That's a good question. I, I guess what I've noticed is women tend to kind of like if you have tables set out for them, they will yeah. kind of like gravitate to a group yeah, and almost like sit at that table and, and not move. It's like I found my spot. Yes. yes. It's like yes. I found my people. Yeah. Uh, I'm like, comfortable with my people. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, again, I guess you'll yeah. see a, I, I've seen a mix. I've seen the one where like everyone just kind of like groups together and, yeah. and they don't really like move around the room. And yeah. then I will see other like – Probably people that are more extroverted, women that are more extroverted, they'll work the room a bit more and, yeah. and go up and like introduce themselves yeah. and yeah. Um, things like that. I'll see men be a bit more open to, you know, going up yeah. to strangers and introducing themselves and themselves and striking up a conversation and do you like have that. a personal preference as to which which one you like to attend better, or you feel like you get more value out of? I think it depends. Um, I think, I get, well, we talked about weaknesses. So yeah. me knowing that I'm an introvert, yeah. I'll let you in on my secret. Yeah. <laughs> like I think I feel like I've created an environment where yeah. then now, now people are coming to me. 
a little bit more. So there isn't that intimidation factor. Yeah. So, you know, everyone, I'm greeting everyone as they come in. So I get to, I get to meet everyone. And then it kind of, it breaks the ice a little bit for me. Um, and hopefully for them too, where then, you know, you do feel a little bit more comfortable as, yeah. as then I am. I, I've gotten more comfortable going around the room in sort of more of that environment when I'm the host yeah. than um, when I'm at like a larger event where yeah. I maybe don't know people. <laughs> Yeah, And then um, I guess what sort of things um, do you think that somebody that attends like this event, for example, could get out of it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've heard of like all like people making all sorts of new relationships. Yeah. So whether, you know, they're looking for like an advisor, a mentor, coach for themselves, job leads, cross-referencing business back and forth for people that are working in kind of a more entrepreneurial type yeah. of a role in accounting and finance. Yeah. So, yeah, I think, I mean, I really just, I think it just depends on what your personal situation is, but yeah. <laughs> so if somebody wants to get involved with coming to one of your mm-hmm. um, future events, uh, where where should they go? Yeah, there are groups set up on Facebook and LinkedIn. If you search for females in finance, yeah. you'll say females in finance Calgary. Um, just ask to join the groups and, and all the event information is there. Tickets are for sale for our fall and winter events right now on Eventbrite. So if you just search Females in Finance, you should see us. Awesome. Thanks. Well, I think this seems like a good place uh, to wrap up today's episode. Uh, Straight from the CPA's mouth features Alberta CPAs answering and asking questions about everything and anything. Amy, is there a question you would like to ask the next guest to answer? Yeah, for sure. So my question to you is, what keeps you motivated? So before I wrap up, do you have any thoughts on that? What keeps me motivated? Yeah. Oh, um, sheer stubbornness. <laughs> I don't even know. <laughs> I again, I'm very much like when I set a goal, I'm like eye on the prize. Like nothing is standing in my way. So. A funny story about the Build Her Business competition. So I at Christmas time, I, w- I was in Arizona spending Christmas with my family, and I'd gotten everyone these cards to write their New Year's resolution on. Yeah. And so I wrote my New Year's resolution was Curvy Collective, well, now the Curvy Shop, will win the um, ATB Build Her Business competition. And there's this picture of me standing there um, with the sign. <laughs> so, um, which, yeah, it was just really ironic, I guess. But, um, yeah, for me, it's just, like, setting a goal for myself and, like, just keeping my eye on that goal. Excellent. So there you have listeners, straight from a CPA's mouth. So thank you, Amy, for joining us today. Uh, thank you to all of you for tuning in. Be sure to check out our next episode featuring CPAs discussing how they stay motivated. If you like what you've been hearing on the podcast, please consider leaving a review or rating on Apple Podcasts or whatever platform you use to listen to podcasts. Straight from the CPA's Mouth is brought to you by the CPA Education Foundation. The CPA Education Foundation is the charitable arm of the Alberta CPA profession, providing up to $1.2 million each year in support of business and accounting education in the province. This podcast is just one of many resource materials available through the Heshi CPA Knowledge Centre. This virtual hub features Alberta CPAs sharing their unique perspective and vast expertise on topics and issues such as leadership, finance, entrepreneurship, and more. Visit cpaalberta.ca foundation for more information on the Heshi CPA Knowledge Centre 
and to learn how Alberta CPAs inspire success.